Hello everyone and welcome to episode 371 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you this wonderful Monday, Richard? Hey Seth, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing amazing. Uh, I suddenly got a lot better like an hour ago, um, thanks to an announcement from Wizards, but yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing super good. We'll get to that in a minute though. Uh, before we do, we got another co-host in Krim. Krim, good morning. How are you today? Oh, I, I am, I am great after a very short round of announcements this past week. Uh, so yeah, pretty excited to get into today's episode. Oh yeah, we got we got some good topics today. So overview of what we're talking about. We got a sneak peek at New Cape Capena, I should say. Um <laughs> New Capena. Capena. Yeah, that's spelled like Capena. Uh of New Capena <laughs> last week. So we got a few spoilers to talk about. Not a ton, but we did want to get into it and the information we got about the set. We got a surprise BNR announcement today, which is Oh my God, so sweet. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. And then we want to talk a little bit about what formats see the most play on Magic Arena. We got some data on that that's kind of interesting. And of course, answer some fish mail questions. So that is the plan for today's cast. Before we get into it, though, a reminder that our show is brought to you today by Card Conduit. And we've been telling you about Card Conduit, a great way to sell your Magic collection in their curated shipment service that lets you sell your valuable cards with a reduced service fee for a while now and as long as your cards have a retail value of two dollars or more you can send in as many of them as you want and still just pay the five percent service fee like with all card conduit services you don't gotta sort your cards you don't gotta grade your cards you get to skip all those hassles and just safely package everything up and ship them out and you'll even get a detailed report with the results so you can check out card conduit's curated shipment option as a way to buy list with fast processing optimized prices and the low low service fee of just five percent and you even get another ten percent off by going to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish card conduit they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards so thanks so much to card conduit for supporting the show and let's talk some magic and let's start with spoilers so last thursday during the weekly mtg stream we got a sneak peek at a at our newest set a new capenna and we didn't get a ton of information we have a handful of cards to talk about including a cycle that is pretty exciting but anyway let's let's talk spoilers richard why don't you guide us through uh, the few cards that we got from the set all right new capenna the next standard legal set uh coming out in may uh we have broker's ascendancy uh, bat colors, green, white, blue, enchantment. At the beginning of your end step, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control and a loyalty counter on each planeswalker you control. So, um, this card's interesting. I think the card itself is fine. Trigger on your end step is nice, so you get some immediate value. We do have things that care about counters in standard, like modifier or whatever, and even more in older formats. The loyalty counter aspect is also kind of intriguing. That's a, something we don't get that often. It's pretty difficult to add extra loyalty counters to things. So I could certainly see uses for this cards, although honestly, I think I'm most hyped that we're getting a whole cycle of ascendancies and finishing the cycle that started back in cons, because ascendancies have traditionally been pretty powerful like the Jeskai one sees play back to modern and combo decks a lot of them saw some standard play so even though this one seems a little narrow like I think you got to be a modified deck or a super friends deck or something to really want it uh, I'm super hyped to see the cycle being completed and getting the rest of the 10 yeah like the the cycle is going to be pretty sweet they seem a little more powerful actually I at least 
I hope this isn't like the strongest one, but it, it, I just have a feeling that this is probably going to be much better than the last cycle. Because, I mean, outside of Jeskai Ascendancy, I, I think, what, the others weren't really all that good? Unless I'm remembering incorrectly. Yeah. The Mardu one I, was... I, I eh. feel like the the Abzan one, I think, saw a little play in, like, aristocrat-style decks during its time. But, yeah, like, they saw some standard play, I think, but none of them really broke out beyond standard at all outside of Jeskai Ascendancy. Yeah, like, like, if the average power level of that, like, triggering at the end step... Of like if each of these ascendancies are triggering at the end step, I'm pretty excited. Uh, because I think with where standard is now, you really do have to have stuff that happens almost immediately and on your turn. Yeah, I would I would say uh, you guys are putting this very nicely. This card uh, <laughs> This card is a little jank, especially for the first card they preview out of Capenna. <laughs> it's a it's an awkward choice. So the the old cycle they all triggered on something, like whenever something happens. So like Jeskai Ascendancy is like whenever a non-creature spell is cast. Uh, Teamer is like whenever you have a creature with power 4 or greater. So you can kind of get immediate effect out of them. Broker's Ascendancy, you need to wait until the next turn. Because you need to wait until your end step. Uh, so you've already attacked. Uh, and then you get counters. And then you hope to untap with everything. So it seems really slow and... There's no real way to break it, I don't think, right? You just play it the fair way, and that seems a little uh, a little slow for my taste uh, for three mana of, like, three different colors, and you have to wait the next turn to get some value, and even then the value is a little questionable. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope the rest of the cycle is actually more hasty. <laughs> like, you can get immediate value out of it somehow, like, either on your cast triggers or maybe before combat or something. Uh, and get in there but yeah i mean yeah what do you think what do you think about this in commander decks like uh, is this like let's say you're playing a a counter theme deck or a super friends deck is this in consideration is it in auto include uh, do you not even think about playing it at all it's just not enough where, where do you come down for commander purposes auto include this card's great if you can play it in these colors hell yeah i i this is exactly what i want right i, I don't have to do anything it just accrues value on its own I don't have to pay mana. I don't have to cast anything. I just have to have planeswalkers, right? Or a creature. So, like, I, I definitely like that a lot more. I'd rather play something else. I'd rather play uh, a Nissa or something nope. or <laughs> Cathar's Crusade. Like, there's a lot of things that add counters, but like much quicker than dirtily watch me build my board and then wipe everything before I can do it, you know, before I get to attack. Maybe if you had like doubling season. And like super friends out or something, you can go like ham with this. But I mean, if you already have a doubling season, like, do you really need this card, right? So yeah. Oh, uh, I think I'm a little higher on it than than you are, Richard. Like, I don't think it's uh, like insane or anything, but I think it's powerful enough to see play. Like, if I was playing a counters theme deck in Commander, I would probably run this. Like, triggering around the end step is nice. It's not, you know, immediate like beginning of combat, so you get to attack with your newly buffed creatures or something. But you're still getting something the first turn rather than having to wait till your next upkeep. So that's helpful. I think it's good enough, especially. I don't know, because we have Modify running around, that's what I'm mostly excited about. Like, putting a counter on everything has a lot of value. If you got Kadama going or some of the other synergies that just care about, like, how many modified creatures you have, this is a pretty efficient way to do it. I've played, like, a Felidary Tree in Standard, which is sort of similar. You don't get the option to make creatures, but still, if you make your land drop, you put a counter on everything. It's a fairly powerful effect, so I think this card has a chance to be good, but I definitely think it's it's not busted or anything oh, yeah. like that. It's, a, I think, a solid mid, mid-tier mid rare, I would say. 
Isn't retreat like much better and like less mana intense, like less color intensive? That is the challenge with all the ascendancies, honestly. And I think that's easy to overlook. You see it and you're like, okay, three mana, that's sufficient. But three mana of three different colors is, is kind of another question. So that is definitely a concern. Like uh, the um, number of decks that could potentially play this probably won't be very high because how many decks are going to be in bant mana? Uh, so that definitely does limit its, uh, its potential homes, I would say. Although, if you are in those colors, I think this is uh, roughly as powerful, I would say, as Felidary Tree. It's like less mana. You don't get the upside of maybe making creatures, which is a problem, but you also don't have the downside of needing to make land drops because sometimes <laughs> you don't have a land and you don't trigger your, your Felidary Tree. Grim knows yeah, all about that. Yeah. Like, Grim, you, you probably never have uh, <laughs> triggered a Felidary nope. Tree, but you would trigger this every turn. Plus, I think we're overlooking <sighs> the, the Super Friends bar. Triple activate Felidary Retreat on the same turn, though, Seth. This, ah, <laughs> uh, that's, that's true. This also that's true. is. That's true. Is powerful in its own way at least standard speaking because of the exact same like people are overlooking this too it's that multicolored cards are at an all-time high right now kaido is absurdly cracked in standard why because nothing removes him so uh, it gets around the vanishing vani- verse. that's uh that's a big deal. it is it like yeah. it seems like okay normally like i am the biggest advocate of like oh if it you know I, i'm gonna have to make sure it's worthwhile if it's like you know gonna die to doom blade or a removal spell this card and kaido they're three mana they're multicolored. those are hard to deal with right now um like and and that that's being seen throughout like multiple decks and whatnot like like the black of the, the Orzov control deck is now like trying to figure out how to like kill it. And like I'm seeing people play uh, whatever the black white spell is with flashback that exiles a permanent when they sack a creature because it, but, but the, the issue is they need ah. it to be instant speed now because Kaido phasing out. So like this is another one of those things, right? I mean, we've also seen in alchemy the nerfed version of uh, the two mana one one or whatever the two mana one one that puts a counter on an uh, on your combat step that got moved to the end step and that still gets played right of course that's on a creature on a body and much earlier on the curve and much easier to cast but because this is multicolored i do think this effect is worthwhile much like seth has mentioned modified I mean, and I also think, like, we might be overlooking the Planeswalker aspect a little bit, which I think is a meaningful upside. We've seen some Super Friends decks already in Kamigawa Standard. Like, that's been a thing. We got enough strong Planeswalkers that you can kind of build around them. And being able to get an extra loyalty counter, that gets you to your ultimates, like, so much quicker. It offers some amount of protection. So I think that's another potential home. And I do think we have enough pieces to actually make a Super Friends list work in Standard. So far, they've mostly been Esper, but... It seems easy enough to go into Bant if you want to, or be four color, especially considering some of the other cards we're getting in New Capenna that uh, that we have to talk about still. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the most exciting part. Like, one uptick closer to your ultimate is worth a lot more than a plus one, plus one counter on your team. So being able to get to your ultimate, uh, you know, that will win you the game, right? So I, I think that's the most legit case for, for this card. Uh, so the other thing Wizards spoiled was the completion of the Triome cycle. So we're getting the rest of the yes! cycle. Yes! Naya, Esper, Bant, Grixis. Say it again, Richard. Giant. Say it again, Richard. <laughs> Mono green. Incorrect. <laughs> you chose the wrong answer. <laughs> there, there. Oh, 
let, let, okay, yeah, let, let's just skip right on over the green ones. Let's talk about Xander's Lounge and, uh, and Rafine's Tower. Okay, these these were like one of the like sweetest land cycles to have come out recently, right? And 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 I had, and like the the biggest thing for me is Esper's kind of like always had a good mana base when it comes to its spells. You know, all these other colors they've always had it good, right? On their 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 their, their like mana costs, but Grixis has always been a meme. Right, because like, what is Grixis? <laughs> Pretty much a terrible mana base and greedy spells, right? But now that Xander's Lounge, I'm not gonna say that all of a sudden triple black is like where like the easiest thing to cast in the world. But Xander's Lounge really helps, and being able to tutor this out with the land types. Oh yeah, Xander's Lounge is exactly what I want. You can catch me. What, what, what is it in the maestro gang and and chilling in this lounge i am gonna be jamming this like i well i was gonna jam grixis anyways but the, like this is just like exactly what i've been asking for uh, these cards are i mean i don't even really care about the color combinations i'm just excited to see the rest of them because i honestly believe that triomes are like the best land cycle wizards has printed since maybe Shocklands originally came into existence like they're so they're so good. I think that the the play rate can even back those up. If you if you include everything, commander along with sixty card formats, oh. I think these are just like the most played lands that Wizards has printed. They rank second to the shocks in commander. They see play tons of play in standard when they're legal. They see play in pioneer, a bit of play in modern. They see play in historic. These lands are just they're great. They're fetchable. They can cycle as an upside. They add all three colors. Uh, everyone kind of expected this, I think. We were talking about Triomes hopefully being completed once we got to New Kavanaugh, which is finally happening, and I'm just, I'm super hyped. Like, the, the lands are great, and I'm glad we get all of them now. Like, it, it's a big deal from everything from Commander to Standard to even older formats. Seth, Seth, you can't just be thrown completed around that easily. We just we just lost a Planeswalker, okay? <laughs> it's been on set. Give us a minute, Seth. <laughs> uh, I like them. I don't like the naming. <laughs> I... I, I hate how Wizards doesn't have a uniform naming. So if you want to search up a card, I want to type Triome and find all the Triomes. But now they're like Jetmir's Garden, Rafine's Tower, Xander's <laughs> Lounge. So you, you need to actually remember all these names. And I guarantee you in three months, Krim can't name any green one. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, I, I know I know one. Well, not really name it, but I know the boxing ring. That's Jund. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because I'm, that's just like bad Grixis, right? Because it's, it's got the green in it. <laughs> I mean, you're still just going to call him Triomes, right? Like, I think I would refer to the entire cycle as Triomes. And I don't know if I'll even <clears throat> bother to learn the names or if he'll just be like the Jun Triome or the <laughs> Esper Triome. Yeah. But fighting them is a pain if you forget the names. Like, you know, if That's you true. forget Man. the name of a shock or a dual land, right? And you need to actually find it. It's like a big pain because they don't have a, you know, standard naming, right? Yeah. It's also weird that half of them are triomes and they all have yep. the triome name. And then the other half just all has these random scattered names. So it definitely is awkward. I, I will give you that for sure. Although, I, I don't mean, know, I'm just going to call them triomes. Would it be that different if they just named it Xander's Triome, you know? I think Triumph doesn't make any sense in this world, but what if they named it like Mob Boss House or something and like had them all have the same suffix? So at least you only had two to remember. Um, I mean, for me, it's very, it's very simple. I know Xander's Lounge, Rafine's Tower, Boxing Ring, and I don't know the other two. Boxing Ring. You go to the store, I'm like, one Boxing Ring. Do you have the showcase Showcase part of the Boxing Ring? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like this, this site land cycle is needed though. 
Uh, now I have a, a something to go with my crumbling necropolis. Also, did you know that Grixis just got a, a triumph? God, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> also, small, just a small little complaint while we're on the topic. Um, I was honestly a little disappointed with the cards that we got from the special spoiler stream this time. Like, it was kind of hyped up and advertised for like a week ahead of time. And we only really got one non-triome. <laughs> hard out of the entire stream so i gotta say i was expecting a little bit more i mean the triumphs are certainly hyped but i was kind of surprised we didn't get a little more information or a few more cards from the set during the stream so something to keep in mind for the future is it just me or or am i just happy that we didn't get more right because i i'm still in neon dynasty right i'm I'm still in neon dynasty But then maybe they just shouldn't have done an early sneak peek stream, too. I think there's an argument for that, that I was kind of like, wow, I still have all these Kamigawa <laughs> decks I want to build. Why, why am I talking about new Kapeta cards already? So I don't know. It, it was definitely interesting, but I'm hyped for Triumphs regardless. I, I, I am really excited for whatever. It, OK, not the full art Triumph stuff, because I believe that's just like the gang's uh like decal, like logo. Right. But. But the what's the other alternate art called? I don't know what that one is. Showcase it's, is that is that still showcase? Uh, okay, because the, the golden age. So the showcase ones are like I don't know what they are. Art like, they're deco like these brown things. <laughs> the borderless ones have like the the symbol for for each house, right? So those are the gang. borderless ones. I think it's we're a gang. About. Gang. House. But, Gryffindor. But, I don't know, Griffin, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> like, I love So the what do you guys think art. of these alternate versions? Dude, Xander's Lounge looks so cool. It's like the classy, like, you know, kind of mob boss, like bright lights. Are this light. And then, of course, boxing ring looks even cooler uh, because it's like, it looks like you're boxing in Area 51 of... Like just yeah, Area Fifty One, <laughs> and and yeah, like well, Rafine's Tower and whatever the other two are look okay. Like, uh, but but Xander's Lounge and Boxing Ring are super sweet. So uh, I'm I'm super all for the cocktail dad rock looking Xander's Lounge and all of that. <laughs> I. I, I don't really like the borderless versions that much. I'm kind of mad. They're all very gold and don't really. I don't know. They they don't really describe their colors very well to me, which I guess is on theme with the past triomes for the for the borderless versions, which they also do. didn't really look like their colors that much. It's I just a slick. Do you think so? It's the light thing going through the middle, which is much better than the pure purple triomes, I would say. <laughs> I do like the showcase a lot, though. At first, the border was a little bit... I was unsure on the border. But then the more I thought about it, I, I don't know. It reminds me... It reminds me of, like, Vegas and just, like, gaudy over-the-topness. So I think it fits the the what I'm imagining the flavor and theme of this set to be. So even though it took me a little while to adjust to the showcase frame, I really like it. And I, I love the art on them. I think the art is, like, top tier for sure. Can you hear the, I, I the, the saxophones and, and the swing <laughs> dancing? Can you hear all of it? <laughs> the, the art is amazing, but oh, the border is so ugly on the showcase i can't really <laughs> I, I can't i don't like the border on the showcase but the what? art the art itself is fine i like the art in them uh, I, same with broker's ascendancy the art is cool but like the border is just so <laughs> i yeah I, I think it makes sense with the style they're trying to go for um and 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 I, I specifically think the border around the showcases are are super sweet and then it just complements the art uh, I, I don't like the full art ones. I think the full art ones are just kind of medium. 
uh, like at best. But yeah, like the the showcase ones are exactly where I want to be. Although those don't, those definitely don't showcase what colors they are whatsoever. So so what ones are you playing? You can you can put any any of the options in your deck. You going for the the pack versions, the showcase versions, or the borderless? Showcase, one hundred percent. Pack. You're going pack. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably going showcase too. I think. And then, pack, and then is, pack looks nice though. I'm probably gonna also white border them <laughs> if I can. <laughs> of course you are, Graham. Of uh, course yes, you are. Of course. So one one other thing I want to ask you all about uh, uh about the preview stream before we move on. What do you think about the little bit of information we got about the the families or the gangs or whatever, the the color combination? So this is like Shards of Alara Shards, essentially. It's a three colors that Marrow compared it to like Cons of Tarkir as far as getting a lot of support for the three color pairings. And we got some weird tidbits about like Bant being demon lawyers, which is like really, really strange. Apparently, uh, Grixis is vampire assassins. We have druids coming back in Naya. Uh, what do you think about the the themes of these families? Uh, more hype, less hype, don't care? I, you know, if this means I can make a Grixis Vampires deck uh, for Commander, throw me, like, I am on board. I am down with the Maestros. I was down with Grixis no matter what, because, <laughs> you know, ride or die. But, but like, <laughs> if, if it's, if, uh, if the color combination for Grixis to be good as Vampires, then sign me up. I'm an aggro player next tier. <laughs> Surprise, Nissa has joined the Maestro. No! <laughs> no! No! Um, I, I don't, I don't know. It depends on how Wizards makes the cards. I, I don't, I, whatever they say doesn't really matter to me, but, you know, when I see the cards, depends if I like them or not. So, so far it's just whatever. I, I don't, I don't care. We'll see if they're cool cards or not. And like, I mean, cool flavor wise, not just power wise, right? So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I'm, I'm all- really intrigued by bant demons like that, that's just something i actually searched for demons after they announced that was what the the family or the gang was about and i don't believe there's any demons in all of magic's history in those colors so i'm Isn't really really curious one? is there is yeah. there one that's not on i searched on moto maybe there's one that's not on moto that i, I <laughs> that i missed i could have sworn there's uh, it's pr- oh that's why because you looked on moto i'm pretty sure there's a commander deck one right uh and it's it's like got green in it like i don't i don't remember let me see here oh. green demon well yeah like i i i'll see if i can find it later but i i, I could have sworn there was a recent oh there's okay so there's there's uh demagoth titan i guess which is hybrid golgari mana that's the one that's in standard like the 11 10 for four that sacrifices stuff whenever it does anything so i guess that's like sort of green and then i guess uh garuda is also a demon kraken, which is blue black hybrid mana. So I guess maybe those like sort of, sort of, kind of count there a little it is. bit, but it's still pretty color one. shifted. I'm, I'm definitely intrigued by how the color shifting goes and interested to see Grix's vampires and the, we haven't had druid support in a while. Also, this is the, the set that gets commander 2022 along with it. So we're getting the full run of five commander decks, one for each color combination. So uh, we're going to get a, a ton of exciting stuff out of this that I'm super, super, super hyped. But we should probably move on because we got another surprise topic. This morning I was preparing for the podcast. And I was like, oh, what are we going to talk about other than spoilers? And then Wizards came through with a out of the blue VNR announcement. Richard, what did that announcement actually say? All right. Effective immediately uh lures of the dream den is banned in pioneer and modern 
Uh, and in Popperland, we have Galvanic Relay and Disciple of the Vault banned. Expedition Map unbanned. Expedition oh Map unbanned? Why? So, no, I'm just so kidding. Popper, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't really fine. played I Popper know. recently. I, I don't really have a strong opinion about those. I'm trusting that the new Popper panel is doing the right thing for the format. So what I'm hyped about is... Loris being gone. Oh my goodness. I'm so incredibly excited. Loris is a card I wanted banned in modern and pioneer is like a bonus. I, I want it banned everywhere. I want it to not exist, but I've wanted this for a long time. I was really disappointed when the last BNR didn't do anything for modern. I thought maybe that meant wizards didn't think that Loris was a problem. So this is, this is a huge, huge gift uh, for me personally, but also for the modern format. Like Loris is just. Oh, it's such a miserable card in so many different ways. It's always there staring back at you. Wizards cited, what, 31% of decks that get four wins or better uh, on Magic Online. Our Lurus decks in Modern, our numbers on the side, are, we have a slightly different formula, but I think it was 36%. So one out of every three decks, essentially, in Modern is a Lurus deck. And that means a lot of cards don't see play. Like, as a Jun player, you know this, Richard. Like, you can't play Liliana anymore. You can't play Bloodbraid Elf anymore these really powerful classic cards for your archetype because they come with this additional opportunity cost of not being able to play lures as your companion so we've just seen uh, month by month the modern format consolidate around Luris. like a year ago it was 17 percent or something of the meta it was all the way up to 31 36 percent depending on what numbers you use and it just kept heading more and more in that direction so this not only uh, not only gets rid of Luris, a super obnoxious card to play against and a super powerful card but it also frees all these other cards that were kind of like shadow banned almost like they weren't technically banned but you just couldn't play that me and Krim ran into this in spoiler season all the time Time where we'd be doing yeah. our like top 10 modern cards and there would be a really sweet three drop and we'd be like oh yeah this card you know it's really sweet it's powerful enough to see playing modern but it doesn't work with Luris, so it's not even like in the conversation because you're not going to drop Luris to play this card so i think this is just a, a great decision by wizards and it wasn't going to get better it was just going to keep worse uh, getting worse as more powerful cheap cards were printed we we're going to see the rate just keep climbing and climbing so this is just uh, all around really really awesome awesome news it has me really hyped to play those formats and then in pioneer loris didn't feel as miserable to me because you don't have like mishra's bobble and some of the the easy loops for it but it still saw a ton of play and it still would keep seeing more playing wizards mentioned that in their announcement like as we print more cards into pioneer the loris share of the metagame is just going to keep growing as there's more and more two or less mana value cards that can work with it so i'm glad they just got rid of it there as well so i don't know what do you guys think uh, hyped uh yeah i mean I didn't think it was, like, a power level thing. It was just because, like, the free real estate aspect of Luris, right? Like, why not? And I, but I, but, like, I, I, I'm just happy to that permanents that are above three, like, two mana can now get played again. Uh, yeah. like, it, it is, it is very nice to see, especially as you had mentioned, anytime a new set comes out, it was just like, okay, well, this doesn't play well with Luris. Or you essentially had to filter whatever picks if it played with Luris. Uh, so, like, yeah, like, it, it's just nice to see the, the, maybe, maybe different, different cards get played, like, pretty much, as you had mentioned, the shadow ban has been lifted. Thank God we can, uh, play Jund again. Nice. <laughs> the, the, the stupid bobble into whatever nonsense of people calling this deck Jund. I'm like, oh, oh my goodness. Finally, like, 75% of the card pool is unlocked. We can play regular cards again. Um, I'm surprised it took Wizards this long. 
uh, like Krim said, it's not a play pattern or power level thing, right? It's you have a card that's banning like 75% of your card pool. I do not see how this keeps staying around, yet it did. But Wizards finally got rid of it. Now you can play normal cards again. Your curve does not end at three. So yeah, I'm uh, very happy about this. I don't know if this makes Liliana any good, but uh, you can now at least try to play it. I mean, I think the other thing I really like about this banning is it feels relatively painless. Because one of the concerns of bannings is it really can be painful to players who invest a lot of money in an expensive deck and expensive cards, and then that deck becomes illegal. But there aren't too many decks that I can think of that are Luris decks in the sense that they they need Luris to exist. Like, if you look where Luris sees play, uh, Death Shadow, Hammer Time, uh, Jund, uh, Prowess, Burn, those style of decks, those decks all existed without Luris. They were fine without Luris. So you're still going to be able to play Death Shadow. You're still going to be able to play Jund and Burn and all those archetypes. You just won't have Luris anymore. So I feel like this doesn't really hurt players financially too much and if you had a deck that had Lurus as a companion you can probably just keep running that deck maybe you throw in a little bit more expensive cards that you can actually play now that you don't have to worry about the companion restriction but I don't know are there any decks that just die because of this I can't think of any honestly that just go from you know being legitimate tier decks to not existing because Lurus isn't around anymore I'm gonna call false on that for moto players if you forked <laughs> over a hundred and eighty dollars for a playset of Mishra's Baubles, you Ooh. are extremely, extremely sad at the demise of the Nightmare Cat. Uh, because mm. what do you do with That's Baubles true. now? <laughs> Nothing, right? So, so yeah, your archetypes are still alive, but there are some pretty expensive cards, at least on Moto. In paper, Baubles are about like 10 bucks, 11 bucks each, so it's not too bad. But oh, the $200 Bobble nerf is, uh, <laughs> is going to hurt those Moto players. Yeah, that's true. Bobble, Bobble probably loses the most out of all this as far as cards that just get uh, get worse. Bobble and then other like cheap card raw sack stuff like Soul Guide Lantern and Dress Down and those type of cards. Not that they are unplayable anymore, but maybe you play Lane Line of the Void now rather than Soul Guide Lantern because you don't have Luris. So there's not really any reason not to. And I think cards that get better. And this is what really excites me. We mentioned Liliana, but all of a sudden, like maybe your Hammer Time deck can play a sort of whatever Fire and Ice or something. Uh, Fulminator Mages. There's so many cards that used to be powerful before the Lurus meta took over that I think are still playable modern cards that are back in the conversation again. So it's going to be really exciting the next couple of weeks to see how modern develops. Like this is this is a brand new format in a very real sense with 30 plus percent of decks like losing one of their key cards. We all know how it's going to develop. It's now just okay. So here's some. There are some issues I have with this. Um, okay. The issues are well. First off, I still th- like I have I've been running into Amulet Titan, and I think that Amulet mm-hmm. Titan just becomes the clear cut one of the best decks. Ah, Blood Moon Crim. Bl- Learn to love Basaju. the Blood Moon. <laughs> does not care anymore. <laughs> that's, like, that is true. That's the problem. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this would be great. Like, oh, a Blood Moon would be great here. Oh, wait, they just Besaju'd me anyways. <laughs> like, um, so Besaju really boosted the level, the power of that deck. And, and now that, like, I'm not, like, as Richard is, like, as you both mentioned, right, or previously mentioned that, there is no one deck that just like gets invalidated because of the loss of Luris. I do, I do think that 
I don't know. I mean, is it not that just amulet decks are like the clear cut winner from this? Like they're just now moving to the number one deck. On top of that, I've been saying it before and I'll say it again. I think me, this is going to sound like a meme, but like Mishra's Bobble seems easily abusable. And at some point, I think that card should go. <laughs> I, uh, we'll see how safe it is without Luris. Uh, maybe it'll just be fine. Although maybe not I today. Maybe not tomorrow. That way. Uh, yeah. I mean, anything that's free and offers value, I'm skeptical of. Same. I'm kind of like that with Manamorphose too. <laughs> but yep. I'm like, uh, sooner or later, like this is just going to be broken again. The right piece comes along and it's like insane. So I would be fine with those cards being banned. Although honestly, like I'm pretty happy with where modern is at now that Lures is gone, at least in the short term. I think as far as Titan decks, I think they are a winner. I think anything that doesn't have Lures has got to be considered one of the winners, even though, as I said before, I don't think you just straight up lose your deck if you're Death Shadow or Burn or something, you know, have lures anymore. But I think uh, Amulet Titan, uh, Yorion decks, obviously, Murtide Regent is another big top tier deck that doesn't actually use lures. So I think those decks get a little bit better. I think one really interesting question is, what do you think about the rest of the companion? So, like, a big part of why Lurus was broken is the companion mechanic and how it, just how it works, how you always have access to this card, even with the nerf where it costs three mana to put it in your hand, that made it slightly fairer. Like, Lurus was obviously still just way too good. Do you think we're going to be going through this same process with, with other companions? Like, now that Lurus is gone, are we going to see more Yarion decks? Are we going to see more Kahira decks or other companions? Or do you think this kind of is enough like Lurus was just so good and by such a huge margin the best of the companions that getting rid of it is going to make the mechanic relatively fair <laughs> i mean i i think that what what other companion gets like played in modern i think it's just yorion right yorion and kahira kahira i see quite a bit in control decks like and also elementals but Right, right. Now, an elemental, sure, maybe Kahira is, like, decent, but I don't think that every deck is going to just randomly start playing. Like, the the restrictions on a lot of the other stuff uh, makes it so that it's very specific to a deck, right? And I don't even like Kahira in control decks. I don't know why you're wasting a sideboard slot in a very <laughs> wide-open format for a 3-2. Like, it, like if you, if you... Trust me, you have better ways to win, right? Like, so... Uh, I don't think any of these other cards are, are on the level of uh, of Luris. Luris was absurd to begin with, right? And, and we knew this going into like spoiler season, right? Of of uh, Ikoria, right? Like that Luris was going to be good, maybe not to the level that it became, but like that card was just absolutely busted with all the easily abusable things, the recursion, the value uh, in older formats. I'm not imagining a world where Kahira or, or whatever the ooze is where you play all the same type of spells is going to randomly take over modern. Yeah, I mean, like, Yorion is more universally ap- applicable for decks, right? Like, Kahira is very specific. Like, Control plays it as a body just because, right? But Yorion can be played in, like, Blink decks, in Control decks, and things like that. But I don't, I don't think it's the same level as Lurus because it doesn't nerf your entire card pool. Uh, it just makes your deck fatter, and if you want that, I, I, I guess, right? So I, I think it's fine. Like you know, like if whatever deck with Yorion in it is too powerful, I think there could be an argument to be uh, to ban something in that deck versus the Yorion itself. So I, I think it's going to depend on how the meta shapes and what the decks look like. But 
you know, you're going to see on the chopping block, but I don't really care for it. It's not the same as Lurus, where like literally every card they printed was useless. Um, you're not, you don't have that same problem with, you don't like, does this blink? No, it doesn't. Useless. Like you don't have that same, uh, criteria. So I think Yorion is probably fine for now. Somewhere like, there are in other the cards world. in modern I'd rather put on the chopping block before Yorion. Somewhere in the world, there's yeah. a mill player upset at you, Richard. What are you talking <laughs> about, dude? 80 cards? Come on. <laughs> I'm. I mean, I, I think I I think I mostly agree. I think you made a really good point that Yarian doesn't limit the card pool the way Luris does. Right now, Yarian's 8% of decks, which is definitely perfectly fine. I think there's a chance that it keeps ticking up. But at least with Yarian, you're, you're able to play everything. If anything, you're able to play more. You have to play more of everything in your deck. So rather than like limiting the card pool, it actually maybe in a weird way makes more cards playable that wouldn't show up if you didn't have to fill those extra 20 slots. So I think if we got to a point where Yarian was, you know, like Luris pushing, you know, 35, 40% of the meta, that would be a concern. Like any companion being at that rate would be a concern. But I, I definitely agree that it's not nearly as problematic, uh, even if it is possible popular as uh as Loris would be so uh, i think modern maybe it's in a good spot or at least we'll see like it's gonna be interesting to see how the meta shakes out from this worst case something else is broken primeval titan or uh, some of the modern horizon stuff ends up being the big winner out of all this and then we can always ban things again in the future but for now i'm just uh so excited not to have Loris staring back at me like every other match or every third match that i play in modern like it's it's just such a big relief i it was deflating it's like psychological warfare every time you fire up a game and you'd see the Loris staring back at you i just kind of like groan inside it's like oh this again again every time so uh, i'm super excited for modern what about pioneer any any pioneer thoughts on this or I have a question Hi. for you, Seth. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. If thirty-six percent of the time you're deflated seeing a Lurus sitting across from you, what about thirty-five percent of the time you see a monkey sitting across from you? Uh, are, well, that was we Seth's cool threshold. Monkey? That was his threshold. You yeah. can't go above thirty-five <laughs> percent. Is that one percent the difference? <laughs> so no, no. So okay. So I, I should clarify this. The difference is. Loris is always there. I want to say it's always in your hand, but it's not technically in your hand. But it's it's <laughs> always there from the beginning of the game, looking back at you from the exile zone or whatever it is. There's games when even though uh, the stupid monkey, Ragavan, is in 35% of decks almost as much as Loris... Sometimes you don't see it. Even if you're playing against the Lurus decks, you just, you don't always draw it. And that's perfectly fine. So I think that because of how the companion mechanic works, it makes Loris even more... I don't know, depressing to play against, at least for me, just because it's always there. There's not a chance that they're not going to draw at this game because it's always there because that's what Companion does. Well, Seth, you just have to be like me and be completely inept at Moto and you never <laughs> see it because you actually actually forget uh, that there's an option to see it. So, uh, yeah, you could be like me. <laughs> I've been living in bliss the whole time. <laughs> It's like Loris doesn't even exist. Yeah, and then they pay the three man. I'm like, what imaginary action are they taking? Oh, this is a Loris deck. <laughs> oh, all right. Any other any other band thoughts before we move on to uh, another pretty interesting topic? All right. So uh, we have some arena arena data about what formats are most popular. And this is data that's gathered by untap.gg, which tracks your decks and so forth. Um, so 
I guess it's worth mentioning that I guess it's a uh, the the pool is users of untapped GG. So there's probably some biases there. Maybe more in franchise players are more likely to know about a deck tracking site and use it or whatever. But regardless, uh, Richard, what do what do the numbers say about what formats are actually popular on Arena? All right, uh, I'm pulling this off of a tweet from Cube April. So untapped GG data over the last seven days, uh, standard best of one, two hundred and fifty six thousand games. Alchemy best of one, 19,000 games. Historic best of one, 46,000. And then standard best of three, 90,000. Alchemy best of three, 7,000. Historic best of three, uh, 14.5,000. Wow. I mean, this... Okay, well, I think this shows that even if you, like, doubled uh, some of the numbers of, of, like, best of three, people do like best of one. And I and you know what? Wow. I didn't, I didn't know it was that popular. Yeah, so so the best of one versus best of three thing, actually, like, I honestly thought it might be a bigger gap than that based on some old numbers of like 97% of games are best of one or something that used to be thrown around. So even though best of one certainly, what, like five times, uh, three times more popular than uh, than best of three is, I didn't think that those numbers were super out of whack with my expectations. What was actually really surprising to me is alchemy is just not popular like standard remember when alchemy released and uh we had uh andrew cuneo on the podcast and we were talking about the possibility of alchemy replacing standard on arena why would you play standard when you could play alchemy and not deal with you know goldspan dragon the unbuffed or unnerfed version or whatever it seems like that definitely did not happen. Uh, just looking at these numbers, Standard has played, what, 13 more times than Alchemy is on Arena as far as best of one is concerned, and roughly the roughly the same as far as best of three. That That's shocking to me. Like, literally shocked. I, I figured Standard would be more popular, but seeing Alchemy be way behind Historic even, wow, that format is not doing well. All, whenever everyone complains and there's this big freak out, I always wonder... Is this just, uh, you know, us as Magic players complaining because we're really good at it and we love complaining? Or does this actually impact how we're playing the game? In this case, it seems like all those complaints about Alchemy are being backed up by most people not playing the format. Uh, yeah. This sounds like don't buy Alchemy cards. Wizard's about to cut this thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, it's like, what, like 7% as popular as Standard? Like, it is on life support, I think, right? Like, why would Wizards keep... Uh, you know, devoting resources to making alchemy rebalances and, uh, you know, adding the additional queue and all that. If so few people play, like it just doesn't seem worth it. So I think Wizards actually gives it some time to see if it turns around. But if these numbers persist, like I think alchemy is on the chopping block. I hope it turns around. <clears throat> I hope it turns around. I'm, I'm going to be on the outside uh, opinion here as I usually am. But um, the the thing is, I think alchemy is... I like it. I like what it's trying to do. I like what it's trying to do. I think that there's a, a lot of hate on it. And, you know, there's it's kind of I can understand where the hate's coming from. But like at the same time, I like what they want to do with the format. Uh, being able to patch things, take advantage of the digital space is something I've asked for from Magic for quite some time. Um, if you want to be a digital game, you got to try to you, I think you got to try to keep up. And this is the best way they could do it. Right. Uh, there, there's still some things that need to be fixed in Alchemy, but specifically, I again, I like what they try to do. So I really want, uh, I, I hope that it, it at least picks up.
Yeah, I I mean, I also like that alchemy exists. I like players having more options uh, and getting to choose. So, uh, so I also like that as well. There's certainly drawbacks that we've talked about many times before with the economy and impacting historic and all that stuff that I'm not going to get into again. Uh, so there's things I don't like about it. But I, too, hope that alchemy is a legitimate option for the players who enjoy it. I will say I think these numbers might be a little bit tilted towards standard just because of the timing of it. It'll be interesting to get this data again in like a month. Let's see what it looks like right after the next Alchemy set releases. Is it closer? Does Alchemy increase? Is this like standard winning because we just got a new standard set and we just got bannings and standard is actually relatively decent right now? Standard or is this is just great what is right now? That's another yeah. thing. Yeah. So, or is this just what it's going to look like forever? So I think it'll be interesting to check back in on the data, but... I don't know. At this point, it's definitely scary numbers if you are someone who enjoys alchemy, because as Richard said, if it really is super unpopular compared to standard, how long do they keep supporting? And again, I don't think they're going to make any changes, you know, this week or this month. I, I assume they're going to give this a, a while to develop. They kept Brawl going for <laughs> for years when no one ever played Brawl before they added it to Arena and it kind of became more popular. So I don't think they're going to pull the plug on it immediately or in the near future, but certainly something to keep an eye out for because, wow, those numbers are shockingly bad. What do you think I mean, the, the reason for this is? Is it that people don't want to spend the money? Like, is that what's killing alchemy, that people just don't have the money to buy more cards that you need to play the format? Or is it something else? I think it's definitely rooted people, in the economy. I think people don't care about alchemy. So before we get up in arms about alchemy, you need to get up in arms about best of one versus best of three, right? Like, <laughs> Best of three is clearly the superior option to best of one if you're talking about gameplay quality, skill expression, whatever, right? Like if you want to play a quote unquote balanced game, you need to play best of three over best of one. Yet a lot more best of one is being played than best of three. So if people can't be bothered to be played best of three, like how can they be bothered to play alchemy, which is like, you know, fixed standard, right? Like they... Like, they, they don't care about how balanced it is or something, right? Like, whoever, you know, this the set of users Untapped GG has is, like, they don't value that. So, yeah, I, I think people just want a quick game. They get in, they do their stuff, they leave, and that's it. Like, they don't need to learn about this weird alchemy thing with new cards, and it's complicated. It costs more. Like, they can't even bother to play best of three, right? So, <laughs> I, I don't know, right? Isn't best of three the bigger issue here than best of one? Ah. <sighs> Yeah, although I do wonder, and I, I don't have this data, I wonder how it's counted. Like, I wonder, for, like, standard best of three, is it, like, normalized in a way to make up for the fact that a best of three matches two or three games when a best of one matches one game? But even if you uh, multiply it by 1.5, it doesn't even get close to it, right? Like, it's still under best of one. And even at a 50-50 split, wouldn't you expect it to be a lot higher in best of three for, you know magic purists and, or spikes right <laughs> and and i think it's probably even worse than these numbers suggest because like i said before i assume that the untapped gg audience is more enfranchised than your typical arena player because you actually went through this extra step of finding a third-party website and signing up for it and creating an account so you can track your matches uh, if you're super casual or new you probably didn't go through that so i think that uh, the numbers are actually probably even more skewed towards best of one than this suggests, because I think uh, deeply enfranchised players are probably the biggest best of three audience. Yeah, I mean, I heard some people, I was reading the comments to to this post on the Magic Arena Reddit, where people were talking about it, and a lot of people said, 
Well, I can't play best of three very easily on mobile. I like to just get on my phone and play a quick game. While I'm, you know, in the bathroom, taking a dump or whatever. Like I can do a best of one game in that amount of time, but I can't do a best of three game. And that was kind of the uh, overarching theme of why people play best of one was essentially I just don't have the time. I don't know if I sit down to a best of three game, if I'm going to run into Krim playing, uh, you know, his control deck and it's going <laughs> to take me 50 minutes to finish a match. If I do a best of one game, I know it's going to be over in 10 minutes. And if I got to do something else, I'll be able to do that. So I think there are reasons that best of one is more popular. Um, I really hope that and, and I think they have that Wizards uh, has taken a lesson that it doesn't work well as a tournament format, though, because every time we've actually tried to do competitive best of one, uh, it has not gone really well on the tournament stage. So anyway, any other thoughts on our arena data or anything else we talked about before we answer some fish mail questions? All right, Richard. Take it away with some fish mails. All right. If you have questions, send them to at MGGoldfish with the hashtag MGGFishmail. And we'll get to your questions on air. Here's a question about triomes that we got triomes. <laughs> so we should, <laughs> we should talk about that. Uh, Coral underscore Daybreak Games recently announced that they expect Moto to bring in 9 to 10 million in revenue this year. I thought it would be higher given the price of tickets and packs. Is the player base just small now, or do you think folks just go infinite? I mean, there's, it's kind of like a, <clears throat> I'm thinking like, does, does like a rental program have anything to do with that? That's, that's what I was going to say. I wonder how much of that is because of the rental programs, because a lot of players don't have to give wizards really any money or daybreak really any money. You got to pay five bucks to make an account. But if you're using rental programs, you don't really have to spend much more after that. And you go infinite in leagues at a 50% win rate. So you don't even have to be like super, super good to go infinite as far as getting your entry fee back and being able to play more in more matches. So I bet that's a, a big part of it. And I wonder if that'll be actionable from daybreak. Like, I wonder if this change could get daybreak to do a subscription model or their own like official loan program of some kind because i think that's where most of the money is going at this point on on magic online is people are paying it to to rent the cards rather than buy the cards i mean it's just not loan right like even when you buy cards you usually buy from a bot right like you buy from card hoarder mtgo traders that money does not go to wizards None of it goes, right? Like only the initial purchase, uh, whoever bought the card originally. And then for the rest of the, the, the life of that card, it's being traded between players. And it's the same in like the, uh, the reason like we have secret layers now, right? Like when you bought a card off Card Kingdom or SCG, like they're making the money, right? And then when they buy from someone else to buy list and then they sell back again, Wizards doesn't see any of that money, right? So that secondary market is generating all the revenue. Uh, which is why you see with Arena, there is no secondary market. It all goes directly to Wizards' pocket, and uh, they're making lots of money from it. So, so yeah, I, I think it's just part of like the model they have and the fact that they don't get a cut of secondary sales. Um, it's not like eBay or something where you have to pay a fee or like TCG player, you pay a fee when you do a transaction. It's like free. So then Wizards doesn't get a cut of it. And the the other thing we've seen is a lot of limited play shifting to arena. We see this reflected even in card prices where some random den of the bugbear or whatever ends up being $50 on Magic Online just because people didn't draft very much. And I think that drafting is probably the most profitable thing as far as Wizards is concerned. So if everyone's or most people are drafting on arena now and switched over, 
I assume that cuts into the bottom line quite a bit as well, because if you look at like the EV or something of various events on Magic Online, uh, it's the limited events that make Wizards the most money like per player compared to someone playing a league or a uh, constructed event. All right, guys, it was me. I went so infinite during the <laughs> last draft. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> what the Wizards revenue tanked? I'm sorry, <laughs> or sorry, this Daybreak Games Richard's revenue. Richard's fault. <laughs> I. I will say the number is a little frightening, though. Ten million in revenue is honestly nothing. Wizards made what one point two billion last year with a B. Uh, that means Magic Online is really a inconsequential revenue stream if it's only making ten million dollars a year. Like that is that's nothing. That, that's a that's a, a couple secret layer drops or something to keep it going. So that part makes me a little bit nervous and maybe it'll be different with daybreak taking over but it seems like if the revenue is that low it doesn't seem that far-fetched that wizards could it could just pull the plug on it at some point i mean i don't think it's happening because daybreak and they're doing all this stuff but that's just not a lot of money in the grand scheme of how much wizards makes off of magic yeah but daybreak has it now and they were happy making nine to ten mil a year on this <laughs> they, they were, they were it, thrilled so it should be good right <laughs> Uh, hopefully. I mean, I am hopeful. And they did say in the same announcement where they talked about this money stuff, they're planning on doing improvements and, you know, they're, uh, they seemed gung ho. Maybe they're just saying the right things, but they seem gung ho about improving the game, making it better. So maybe this is the, you know, a new dawn for Magic Online. Yeah. Now every card will have a swirl animation. <laughs> yes. Man, hopefully they can improve the you loaded Magic Online intro music because my <laughs> god, that turned back on after the most recent update, and that it is, is probably the worst song ever written. Honestly, right? It is the most <laughs> toxic thing ever. I hate that. It's just like, what is this? I turned this off, <laughs> and now it's back. So, so fix that daybreak. No, no more intro music, please. All right, eleven vicious. What do you think the chances are there will be dual or tricolored commands in New Capenna, like Prismari or Cryptic Command, for example? Ooh, you know hmm. that would be pretty cool. I'd be down for that. My must, my. Right? Well, my prediction is charms. I feel yeah. like every time we go to a three color oh, set, yeah. we get a we get a charm cycle. So maybe we get commands instead. But I would be really surprised if if we didn't get charms. Well, yeah, we didn't get like. Well, I get okay. Let's not. I I hope we get one that's like a uh, a maestro charm, not a because I uh, surprisingly some of the old charms aren't that great. <laughs> they keep improving. I I feel like these charms will be good. I feel like wizards is like. Kind of powered up the modal spells, partly because of Besta one that we were talking about before. But I, I think the the most recent batch of charms, like Abzan charm, that one's that one's pretty decent. That one sees play or Saltai charm. So I think these charms will be good. But yeah, I, I'm predicting charms rather than commands. I think we will definitely get tricolored modal spells. But what's the difference between a charm and a command? Like a, a command is, we have three mana commands. What's the difference between a, uh, a, a charm and a command? Command, you pick two. You get okay. two of the yeah. options. Two, Charms, two, two you get of the one options. Of the options. Charm you get super sandwich or super salad. Yeah. You get both. Charm, yeah. Charms are one. And usually charms are uncommon and commands are rare. What, what about the escalate cards? What were those? Ooh. Are those commands? <laughs> charms? What do you... Those are... Those, single color, right? But they get escalate. Those, yeah. Those were their own thing, I guess. And we... Yeah. Okay. Those were just their own thing. I, I think we're going to get something like some gimmick like that where it's like a choose something, but like you're going to get something special uh, on top. 
There'll definitely be a modal cycle, though. There's got to be yeah. at least one. There could even be two. Who knows? Isn't that there could the only be lower rarity and higher rarity sets to like jam I mean, basically. all these weird effects together. And then- <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 why I love them. Like you get those really cool cards like that. So I I love tricolor sets. Those are my favorite sets. So it's, oh, it's gonna be so good. All right. Uh, next question. Only way does anyone on the crew have a fish tank? Can you explain <laughs> the nitrogen cycle? <laughs> oh my goodness, I. I do not have a fish tank. Uh, we had, we I had, had one. fish. <laughs> we had fish growing up. Oh my goodness, my fish story. So we had fish going up, and I, I have a ton of siblings. So we each got to go and get one fish, like our own fish, and they lived together in the fish tank. But my little sister's fish was really mean, and <laughs> and would always bite the tail of my fish. It was super nice and chill. And then one day we came home, and it had jumped out of the fish tank. We found it on. The- on the floor it had literally driven it to jump out of the fish tank and uh and that was the end of my fish career that was it i i it broke my heart my poor fish and uh now i i just can't do it what how did it <laughs> jump out of the fish tank yeah. <laughs> out of the top it, it must have just been driven are from you the, sure the your sister bite. didn't scoof your fish out and dump yeah. it on the well floor. i showed I you Seth that, could also, Tony Hawk that could also be a possibility <laughs> but yeah so i i do not currently have a fish I also won a fish one time at the carnival. Did you ever play those carnival games where you got to throw the ping pong ball in the little, the little goldfish tank? But that one only lived for like five days or something. I did not think those are very, I don't, we, yeah, we actually had them when I was a kid at the little like local towny, towny carnival. Yeah. And I won one, but it only survived for like five days or something. I don't think they're very healthy. (laughs) They're very healthy carnival scoops from your house, Seth. I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm comfortable with this situation. Uh, Krim, have you, you ever have a had fish a fish? Tank, yeah. Nope. I I did when I was like super duper duper young. Uh, it, it's it's been some time, but yeah, like holy cow! I try to think back to that fish and like what happened to it. I think I just it, I had a goldfish. I actually had a goldfish. I just don't remember what I did. <laughs> I, I remember it didn't live for too long, and then I was devastated so, when it died. My niece had a fish. Like one of those like blue, I don't know what it was. Like, you know, those like special fish it was blue and they went on vacation. So they gave me the fish to take care of. And, uh, you know, it's pretty chill fish, took care of it. And then they, they came back from vacation, gave it back to them. And then like three weeks later, it died. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, it broke my heart. I hope I had nothing to do with it. Uh, I fed it well. I took care of it, but I was super sad. I, I like fish. I know most people don't don't like fish, even though I eat fish. I still like fish as a pet. I think fish are cool pets. So uh, we should definitely get one for our mascot, like real scoops. But oh. I'm super afraid he'll die. And then <laughs> don't don't give it to me. You gotta keep it your house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe Tomer. Tomer kept the plan alive all the way to 50k subs, so he might be able to keep a, a fish alive. I vote uh, Tomer. I don't, I don't know the lifespan of a fish is either, uh, but this is too much responsibility. <laughs> All right, so thank you to everyone who sent in their questions for fish mail. If you have questions, send them to at MGGoldfish uh, with the hashtag MGFishMail, or we'll get to your questions on air. And I believe that brings us to the end of episode 371 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard, Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about whatever goes on in the world of magic. So, until then, have a spectacular week, everyone. And this is Crew signing out.